Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. The Buckleys are a band of siblings, Sarah, Molly and Lachlan from Northern New South Wales who released their debut album Daydream in 2020 and the EP Take It As It Comes in 2022. Last year they released the single Wondering and this year Too Fast. In my opinion, they are one of the greatest live acts you'll ever see and I think they're the sort of band you should crawl over hot coals to see live. But I'm going to ask them about that and let them convince you. Hello, Sarah, Molly, and Hello. Hello. <laughs> I've seen you play at Fanzone. I've seen you play in a venue in Sydney. And um, in the Sydney show, I had with me a friend who has been in bands for years. He's still in a band. He's a very hard marker. And he just turned to me and was like, what? What? Oh, what is it? Oh, this is the most awesome thing. I was like, yeah, they're completely awesome. So, um, thanks so much. That's insane. Thank you so much. So I want to actually ask, I know it's really hard to um, talk about the dynamics of what you do live, but I, I would like to talk about it because I think talking about the work of live performance is um, really interesting. Uh, so I'm going to start there. When did you start playing together? Oh, God. Well, we've been playing together pretty much forever i mean we started officially as the buckley's probably about 13 years now 12 years yeah, ago um, but before yeah. that we kind of we had this uh like our dad's a musician firstly so we would jump up at his gigs and play along and then like kind of jams around the house and things like that and then we also started a jam session at one of our local pubs when i was like maybe 10 years old, yeah. <laughs> You're way too young to be hanging out in pubs every Wednesday <laughs> night. But um, there we kind of, yeah, played like every week together. And then eventually down the road, we became the Buckleys when I was, I think, like 12 or 13. And so it's kind of been this natural progression yeah. and evolution, which started out just like at the pub with dad. Yeah, exactly. But Molly, for you seeing Sarah jumping up when she was 10 and you were younger, did you think, oh yeah, cool, or did you just think, Oh no, that's Daggy. That's what my sister's doing. I don't care. Well, oh god, it was just so normal for us. Like I didn't think it was weird at all. Like we were all playing together. We did. We actually have like a film clip that we've mm. definitely like put in the lock. Like we're like we're not showing this to anyone until it's like ten years, and it might be seen as a cool thing. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, it's like at that pub, and uh, which is actually we, where we shot the latest fast, video. Yeah. yeah, the latest yeah. video too fast. That's our original jam session yeah, yeah the billy nigel pub yeah, like 15 years later pub. yeah but it was it's it was always fun you know when we were, we were so young and yeah, that's yeah. where i learned like mandolin mm. literally hillbilly robbie who yeah. lived over the hill quite literally over the hill from the pub walking distance um, yeah uh he taught me like mandolin and yeah it was just mm. such a fun um grassroots way to start and didn't you have an early song about him you've hacked into the vault have you <laughs> uh, no i i looked up my original interview with sarah and molly in 2020 and uh the song was mentioned yeah so um i also was realizing when i interviewed you of course it was uh, i published it in april 2020 so that was that was lockdown but uh let's not call it that lachlan uh, whenever i've seen you play you have very impressive array of guitars one of which is this 12 string situation that i have no idea how you can even start to play so when did you begin playing guitar uh i started probably in year seven so it would have been 
13 or 14. Mm-hmm. 22 now. And uh, I started on bass actually. Bass yeah. was my original instrument and then guitar. Mm. I th- yeah, a couple of years after that. And um, yeah, it's just kept progressing. And for some reason I started playing Making My Life Harder with a double neck guitar. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it and it sounds great on the songs. So I ain't gonna be stopping that anytime soon. Yeah, and it is impressive on stage. And of course now, Sarah, you play bass because you're the lead singer and you play bass at the same time. So was that a negotiation between the two of you as to who would be the bass player? No. Oh, God, no, 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 Literally, I became a bass player out of necessity. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, we were in lockdown and we just couldn't find, like, we just never had, you know, the yeah. bass player that stuck. And so I was like, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to learn how to play bass. Yeah, we always had <laughs> friends playing playing with us. Sarah was always playing acoustic guitar. Mm. And then during lockdown, we're like, well, we can't stop playing music. Yeah. So Sarah was like, oh, pick up the bass and then... Yeah. Dang, we have a free bass player. Keeping in the house. I was one week away from learning. Thank God Sarah yeah. did. <laughs> and now that could I'm have been a negotiation, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I got to one up Sarah now, so now I play a double bass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big upright one. What do we like about the bass? Although Molly's been playing bass in Wondering because oh, I play true. piano and so, I don't know. Yeah, so, who knows where we'll end up? Well, and I hear that mandolin's actually really difficult, so maybe Molly, you have the, the hard job. <laughs> There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here was me saying, "Oh, let's not let's not contemplate lockdown." But of course, it did have a benefit for you, which is that you have your current playing arrangement, live arrangement. Yeah, yeah, no, there definitely. Are some good things that yeah, yeah I wouldn't have been a bass player if it wasn't for lockdown. And our live show as well, like you mentioned, like we like had always done stuff pretty loose, like playing at the pub and just making up sellers as we go and things like that. And during lockdown, we did this TV special for Daydream called Daydream at the Church, and it was a full like produced set mm. and everything like for TV. And so it was super like we yeah produced every single second moment, and so. Like developing the live show as well. I don't think it would be the live band that we are, ironically, if it wasn't for lockdown in some ways. So there were definitely a few things that came out of it. Mm. And how do you feel about the bass now? I love playing. I can't believe I never didn't. She broke a she bass. broke a string <laughs> at our last gig. Yeah, it's not easy to do. I would imagine on a. I used to play bass years ago. They're thick strings. Like yeah. before you could break a string from the Chili Peppers. I know one but... of the mains, like with the A string, which is like. It's pretty but you big. can't it's like pretty essential you can't yeah. not really thank god it happened it happened right at the end of our set mm. though it was like yeah. the last solo i remember playing i'm like god it's why do we sound like why do we sound so bad <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, sarah's, sarah's string just broke i'm like sarah, god sarah sarah once again <laughs> yeah oh yeah no i love it it's uh yeah it's been super i don't know i'm quite I would say, yeah, I don't know. I just love playing it. The rhythm, yeah, I've always been kind of more rhythm focused anyway, like even when I play guitar, like my right hand. Um, She's got a hand. Strong yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I love it. Well, now between siblings, there are things you can take for granted for both good and bad, I think. So I'm wondering what are the good things you take for granted about each other when you're performing? So the, the things you can sort of assume about each other. If that makes sense. Ooh, we can nice. just tell each other to mm. F off. Which <laughs> eyes. With, with, <laughs> yeah, without, without any repercussions because it, we just get a, it's like a water of a duck's back, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, it's you the little cues, but you mm. can, yeah, we can pretty instinctually tell what someone's thinking yeah. on stage, which yeah. is good. Mm. Um, That's true. What else? I yeah. like, it's so much fun. Like, I don't yeah. know, it's just like the, you have, you 
like we siblings so we're like mm-hmm. insanely comfortable with each other so it's just so different mm. being on stage with your siblings and you can just like be idiots and so, you know you have each other's yeah. back as well i think that's the trust which is important in any band but i think yeah, yeah just like you know 100 percent that this person has your back and it's gonna mm. like support you and what you're doing um is really important as well most of the time unless you don't get along that day <laughs> <laughs> that's all i've been working <laughs> But I guess there may also be times when, because you have that c- connection, you can assume that you're all on the same page about something and then it turns out that you're not. So has that ever happened where you've actually, like there's been an unspoken agreement or so you thought, and then you might get into a lot of situations like, oh, no, actually, we're not all here together. Something's going wrong. I say we're pretty vocal people. <laughs> you, so usually, Do you like, mean like live still? Yeah, or even just within a musical setting. I don't mean in a personal setting. We don't need to know about your sibling uh, negotiations at home. But well, that gets just... violent. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, verbally, verbally, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, I think it's just my impression of seeing you live is that there is that. It's almost like you're in the same slipstream together, which is yeah. is. Part of why it's so cool to see you as a band, and I don't use the word cool very often, but it's just that sense of you're just all riding the current together. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There have been a few times. It is what it feels like. And even, you know, whatever happens before we go on stage, it's like when you're on stage, like like it just flows so easy. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. (laughs) Just, yeah. Um, There have been a few times, though, when I've started a guitar solo and kept going with that <laughs> you know just to be on that having yeah. too much fun that's probably the main one that, so i'll cut it's, a song too early yeah. like, i was in the middle of a solo if we're ever not gelling it's because i'm trying to extend the solo and i haven't, and I haven't told anyone or given any oh yeah or he just goes ahead and we're me and dylan our drama we're just looking at each other like the song's gonna keep going honestly <laughs> yeah oh. And Lockwood, does that mean that if you wanted to keep going, you just turn your back on them so they can't see yeah, you to indicate that it should stop? Yeah. And then I'm like, why are, you, why are we stopping here? <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. He just turns his back. <laughs> and we're just trapped. Like, <laughs> at the tra- whim of this one, not a good place them. to be. <laughs> <laughs> Musically trapped on stage. It's a good passive aggressive way to deal with it. It's like, I'm just not, I'm not saying anything. I'm just not, I'm not doing yeah, anything yeah. to drop. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, generally speaking, how are your conflict resolution skills with each other? <laughs> uh, food. Food is always yeah. the way to go. Space and food. Yeah. And then it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Space yeah. and food. That's simple, really. Yeah. yeah. Burger. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that that slipstream thing I've observed would t- would probably also come from rehearsing a lot. Like it's one thing to have the agreement amongst the three of you, but that doesn't mean anything if you actually can't play your instruments and you're not great at what you do. So I'm presuming there is quite a bit of rehearsal for the Buckleys. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah we rehearse a lot and it's good that we're all close. So we uh, can rehearse as much as we want because we're not, you know, hiring in people yeah, all the time. We have to book in a place. And, you know. We have a rehearsal room <laughs> at our place. Yeah, exactly. We so... all live, live in the same property. Yeah. That's good. It's good. Mm. That is very handy. Um, so, Sarah, as the front woman, you have to conjure up a particular type of energy for performance. What happens at the times when you're not feeling it? And I, actually, this is a question for any of you because your live show has a lot of energy to it. And I'm sure there are nights when you're just like, uh, I don't mm-hmm. have it. But, Sarah, I'll start with you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's something that I feel like you always just, 
uh, I don't know. I just always try to think like, well, I'm a professional. So like get out of whatever I'm thinking or feeling personally and do the job. And I kind of look at it like that. Like we, mm. our dad's a piano man. And so like, he's always played to, you know, like covers and things to audiences. And like your number one job is to make sure the crowd's having a good time. And so I'm always kind of like, yeah, I'm there to make sure everyone else is having you know, the best night of the week or month or whatever, or hopefully, you know, more than that. Um, and just give everyone, I don't know, you, you're there because you want to make the audience have, yeah, a fantastic time and enjoy it. And, and yeah, stage, I try to anything. leave all that. And honestly, I kind of you naturally do that. Like, yeah, I forget about it. I mean, I'm so in my element and I feel so comfortable and I love being on stage and connecting with people. So I kind of end up just, yeah, it's like a narrow kind of tunnel vision and focus mm -hmm. when you're up there and then everything else goes away anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And is that true for you, Lachlan, as well? Yeah, I reckon for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no matter what's happening. And sometimes you can like channel whatever's happening off stage on into mm. your performance as well. Mm -hmm. But definitely like as soon as you're up there, everything's different. And we've been doing and it for so long. And there's just people, kind of people raging, you know, <laughs> yeah. loud music. Everything's yeah. forgotten. Bang. You're playing playing rock and roll and country music. <laughs> <laughs> and Molly, you always look like you're really enjoying yourself. And I don't want to presume that you always are, but it, it does always seem like that. As an audience member, that's lovely to see. Yeah, for sure. It's just like, it's totally a happy place. It has been our whole lives, you know. Yeah. And so when were the very first Buckley songs written apart from the Hillbilly Robbie one? <laughs> Oh, Sorry, Lachlan's laughing at my answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, very first Buckley songs. When were they written? I mean, I started writing songs a lot earlier. Um, I used to write songs with my friends, like when we lived in Coffs Harbour, and I was like, yeah. God, I must have, I was in year five, I think, year four and five. So I don't know how old does that make me? <laughs> like I 10 or something? sitting down with dad in Coffs and we wrote a song about oh, yeah. like, the dolphin. We love. <laughs> that's the original Buckley album that you'll never hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. On our way earlier. Yeah, what was that for? We we wrote a song because we love the dolphins at SeaWorld, and right. so I was like, we wrote a song about it. And um, yeah, we wrote rich. It. <laughs> <laughs> <God>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, we did. We actually did have an album we made with Dad. What was that called? You've got, you've got Buckley. Oh, that's, that's what I'm talking about. You've got Buckley. That is gold. That was that was the album with Dad. It was Dad on a piano and me and Molly singing. We must have been like six. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, I can probably find the photo, but it's yeah. There's like a photo. we're on our auntie's keyboard, like, like piano and piano. In yeah. the and Sarah and I like standing there and we're like tiny. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, way back then. No, yeah, we started writing songs ages, mm. ages ago. Yeah. Oh, like I said, always kind of done it. There's not really a beginning. Yeah. Just yeah. kind of yeah. Yeah. I think there were dolphins in the in the film clip for breed, weren't there? So there's like that full circle oh, moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe consider writing more dolphin songs. I don't know. But are there any copies of You've Got Buckley's around or of you? Just... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we left all the CDs in a house that we moved out of. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I think we're going to get blackmailed with it one time. <laughs> we, did, we left all the CDs in the house we moved out of in like a Beach in, I don't know, 2007 or something. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're genuine Buckley's mementos now. Someone's got them. Yeah. Maybe. 
Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Hopefully not. <laughs> so, what is your songwriting process now, or your uh, your songwriting and development of song process now? Uh, well, I write all the time. I'm I kind of write every day anyway. Um, I don't know my process. Yeah, it always changes. I always just kind of write notes in my phone of like either melodies or just concepts or lyrics or even just like random trains of thought which yeah. if anyone read would be really so I, I, weird. oh this is baseline like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm always just like yeah ideas and then whenever i find a minute to just like i don't know start writing something i do mm. and then yeah yeah the the process to a song is, is always different it could just it could be a cool drum beat that groove mm. to it or oops i love you actually i wrote me and our little brother dylan mm. We're just playing, he was playing drums and I was playing bass and we were just jamming, mm. just practicing random stuff. Um, and then I just kind of stumbled upon bass line that ended up being in the song. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how that, and then I just was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I might record that. And then I ended up writing it, you know, later. Um, so yeah, yeah, just wherever the idea kind of initiates. Yeah. yeah. So when it comes to choosing what you're going to record, do you look at the totality of what you have and think, well, let's, let's go through everything and choose something? Or do you actually have have an idea of, I don't know, from, this, from the time of writing it, do you have that instinct of this is something that we should record? Sometimes. Uh, I mean, sometimes. It strikes a nerve. Yeah, sometimes it is like as soon as a song's written, we're like, oh, this has definitely been released. Like, mm. so okay. like on the next EP, the next single, like something like that. Um, other times, like we've got a big old folder where we just chuck mm. all the songs in and then we'll sit through and listen to it all um, <clears throat> and just kind of narrow it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we actually did recently. Um, I feel but, like I never know that. I mean, sometimes you have the feeling of like, yeah, this is really cool, but often, I don't know. I don't it's always. So, yeah, it's, oh gosh, oh, there, there, there goes. The <laughs> oh, it's pretty really loud. Give me one oh, second. Okay, okay I'll pause, I'll pause. <laughs> So I guess uh, part of the advantage of the three of you not only being siblings but having played together for so long is like you're like a built-in critique group for songs and hopefully you don't take too much offence in his criticism because, as you said, Lachlan earlier, you can tell each other to F off and it's not really going to matter. So Or it, it can't <laughs> stick. <laughs> no, it is, yeah, definitely good to have, yeah. I mean, we all really respect each other's opinions. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, no. <laughs> joking, joking. We do, we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we actually do. We do. Um, but it's good. We can be honest and yeah. have our yeah. feelings most of the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, part of what I'm, I'm going to read this question because I, I wrote it in a particular way. Part of what I love about the band is that your recorded music induces joy. And I think that experience is amplifies in the live, in the live setting as well. And that's my impression at any rate as a, as a listener but I'm curious as to what you think your impact as a band then like and I don't I really do not want to use the term mission statement uh, because it's too popular but because I in thinking about your music I'm like yeah I just always feel happy when I'm listening to your songs even if they're not happy songs or technically happy songs so I'm wondering if you have a sense of what you want to put out into the world and then you pursue that if that question makes sense yeah I mean I feel like yeah thank you firstly uh I feel like definitely like when I'm writing especially like always my goal has been to like um evoke the feeling that i get when i listen to my favorite songs and artists which is a lot of the time you know yeah i mean it doesn't even matter it's not even a genre thing 
or a musical thing. It's just like a feeling that you get. And so that's really nice to hear because that's always been like my goal as a songwriter is to like evoke that feeling. Um, Because I feel so happy when I listen to it. The feeling of like authenticity and vulnerability, you know, Mm. and if that translate like Mm. from the writing all throughout the process of recording then the release and Mm. then for the listener it's yeah, the yeah, same deal when we're playing live. Like mm. That's that's the end goal to make people happy yeah. and enjoy themselves. So if that has if that happens, then success, mission success. <laughs> I also think it's really hard to achieve with three of you consistently. Um, I think it's often something that might fall on a front person to carry it through with a band and really take take the energetic load of that and the emotional load of that. But the three of you have that intention. So I do, I think again, it's part of your power as a as a as a live band and a recorded band is that you all have that intention and you've sustained it. And I think there's a little, this is not to sound too twee about it, but there's a little bit of magic in that actually, because it's not a really a spoken thing. It's not like you all sit down and go, well, hey. Like, let's create some joy today it's actually just something that flows through your work as you said molly from the authenticity of it so i guess you unconsciously or subconsciously have that intention every time you get into rehearsal every time you get into a studio and get on stage absolutely and i think a lot of it is also our upbringing like our dad i mentioned is a piano has been a piano man most of our lives and so he is like the sole purpose of what he does and what he's always kind of taught us to do is to like give everyone else like that like a fantastic night and yeah whatever that means like whatever the songs you're choosing to play or how you're playing them and well how you're interacting with the audience like the whole purpose is not it's not like about you and oh this is my performance sit down and watch it it's like how am I going to make you guys feel and you know leave an impression that's hopefully yeah joyous and yeah positive yeah but there are a lot of things that can get into the way of that you know there can be your self-doubt there can be ego there's all sorts of things that can trip trip people up so yeah that's that's a comment more than a question just to acknowledge that that I do think it's it's a rare thing to be able to keep pulling it off but Sarah you talked about wanting to um share the same sort of feeling you have as a listener to your favorite song so I'm going to ask each of you what you're listening to that's bringing you joy at the moment or that is on, on your permanent list of things that you love to listen to yeah, I mean, right now I'm listening to a lot of um, kind of, there's some really cool female in particular country songwriters in Nashville that are doing some, you know, making some really cool music. Lauren Watkins is one of them, Carter Faith. Um, oh, God, there's a, bu- there's a bunch of them coming out of Nashville at the moment um, and Australia, actually. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. There's just some cool, like, confident but still vulnerable. Meg Moroney's another one. Yeah, it's, like, confident and it's vulnerable and it's real country storytelling um, and, like, real great lyricism. So that's currently what's on my playlist. Mm-hmm. Molly, what's on yours? Not the to the same. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> the same exact like a bunch yeah. of Warren Watkins just the yeah it, that authentic like the authentic uh songwriting that's mm. like coming out at the moment it's really mm. um it's really special and I think the whole kind of industry shifting to this place of you know artists selling not in a bad way but like selling them selves instead of like a product you know what I mean their sales stories their story and their uh, you know, mm-hmm. the artistry instead of um, um, doing like copy paste, copy paste. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty exciting. It's really fun to see that evolving. Yeah, and Lachlan, your playlist contains um, mainly at the moment Hank Williams Jr. 
Mm-hmm. And Tyler Childers. Mm, yeah. Tyler Childers, yeah, another great lyricist. Is it Childers or Childers? Childers, I don't know. <laughs> it could be whatever you want it to be. <laughs> I don't know if it's Childers, but I don't mind. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> lots of Tyler's stuff. That's the great music as well. Like, that's why I love Hank. Mostly mm. like classic 80s country swing, 90s country swing. Mm. And um, Tyler's same, same kind of feel as well. And mm-hmm. little folky, somewhat mm-hmm. bluegrass arrangements and stuff. Mm-hmm. Great lyrics, yeah, and amazing voice. <laughs> yeah. So from oh, oh, and... <laughs> <laughs> so from the time you started releasing music, your sound was distinct and distinctive, and so it's it's and it's remained the same even though you've moved through different songs and and different moods. I think on the songs, there's an identifiable Buckley sound. So I'm wondering. Given that you started jamming, given that you you all have different things you like to listen to, what what you did to actually create that sound between the three of you, what decisions you made, if there were any, or whether that was just a result of jamming and you came out with this sound that you loved? I, I mean, we've never sat down and been like, oh, we should sound this way. You know what I mean? Um, we've Although always... I think there was a definite, like with Daydream in particular, the album, there was a definite intention, like we wanted to make this like uh, like recording with a live band, for example, was something, and it's something that a lot of people don't do these days. They'll kind of build tracks. And we were like, no, like we, mm. we were really inspired for Daydream in particular um, by bands in the 70s, like the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac and things. And so that was something like, we definitely yeah. even like Having had some like disagreements energy, with yeah. people on um, like some people in the industry. I was like, no, let's just do it this way. It's cheaper. And we were really um, quite conscious of the fact we wanted yeah. to do it live. Um, and then, yeah, there's a few things. I'm trying to think of what else, but yeah, it's definitely some... like we're definitely intentional. Yeah, no, what exactly. we want to do and what you know where we want to be yeah. and um, the future of it. But yeah, the, I'd say you know the sound in terms of what we like playing and all that came pretty like we're all mm. came pretty natural and mm. yeah, that's like our, our thing. Yeah, we've always loved yeah. country music, but also, you know, been influenced Lots of other by many other things. So mm. it kind of just yeah. is whatever the hell it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it works. Um, now, um, Sarah and Molly, the last time I saw you was in the middle of last year and it was at the Junior Academy of Country Music in Tamworth. And uh, you were there because your younger brother Dylan was there as an instrumental student. Um, so I'm wondering if he is to be the fourth Buckley in the band. Yes. Well, he is actually playing drums with us at the moment. So we've taken him on the road. Um, He's walking the tightrope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he'll be in Tamworth with us. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's on the road. What do we us. call yeah. it? Probation. He's on probation. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has to come to our shows. Give let, us, us uh, let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah, he's an awesome drummer, though. He's only 16, though. So we're yeah. like, yeah. Okay. He's before he turns out like us. <laughs> well, and also I'm trying to imagine what the conversation might be like if he doesn't make the cut. <laughs> like, Sorry, little brother, uh, we don't like you enough. It won't really be like good. that. Yeah, no, nah, he's all right. He's yeah. he's in, but yeah. uh, yeah, no, nah, he's yeah. I don't know. But let him turn over. He's still yeah. on probation. Yeah, yeah. As far as you see him, don't tell him that. <laughs> well, maybe if you hand out scorecards in the audience, and you know, 
<laughs> Poor cops, that's savage. <laughs> you can bring one to our gigs. <laughs> I know what you mean. Hold up the poster. Yeah. Out of 10, what does he get? Um, yeah. It's, it's subtle feedback. You know, it's like that 360 feedback that happens in workplaces. Yeah. <laughs> now, at the time we asked, speaking you are about to go to the Tamworth Country Music Festival and you first played there busking in 2011 uh, and you were in the top 10 finalists for the busking competition which was a very good showing for your first outing ever um, so I'm wondering whereabouts in town you busked if you can remember oh we busked it was right next the to the um yeah. Was it like the, the, the council yeah um, I think it's like at the front of the yeah at the front of the Council thing, chambers. Yeah, yeah. What do you call it? Statue. Yeah, there's a statue of a sitting down. I can't remember. What yeah, the I don't know. Yeah, we should. We I'm really sure should know it. what that statue is because it's a classic Thomas one. But yeah, please forgive okay. us. Somewhere <laughs> around there. <laughs> yeah, just, just in front there. That is. But then we also had a few oh, other. A few other we did a few others as well, so we're not sure exactly which one. Mm. It, yeah. The one we have footage of is like that. Yeah, that statue. statue. Yeah, we did some on the ground. We did one. There was a stage set up there once upon a time. Yeah, I don't on know. the street. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty competitive, you know. For people who haven't been to the festival and seen the busking, there's a lot of it going on. You're often very close to the next artist, and everyone's trying to get attention. So, did you just love it from the time you started doing it? I mean, it was fun. I can't remember it what. It was good. Yeah. It's good to do. Like, yeah, we also totally. needed, like, probably petrol money off. Yeah, so we're like, let's necessity. get off. <laughs> let's, uh, let's jump, you know. And also, you can't really get, like, at that point, we couldn't get any gigs anyway. So it's like, well, we'll just play on yeah, the street. Exactly. <laughs> it's um, definitely, like, I can't believe mum and dad did it. Cause it's not easy, especially, like. Our dad played with us as well. Yeah, yeah. like, dad on keyboard, kick, drum. And then Lockie on Bates, you know, like it was actually a big setup, but dad lugged in all the gear and helped us out. And yeah, I can't believe they put up with it, but Mm. you know, (laughs) they did, especially me, but yeah. And so after that time, did you you actually busk again or was that the only year you bust? Uh, I think we might've done it the year after that, or maybe the year before that even. I don't, yeah, we did a couple. Yeah, we've done a bunch. What did we do? You know, I think we did it the next year as well. Um, yeah. But we started getting gigs after that as well. So, we didn't, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, I don't know. Someone... <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. It was, yeah. it was, well, and there have no doubt been a few festivals for you since. So in heading back to the festival, what do you look forward to the most? Uh, honestly, I think our favourite part of it is, like, just catching up with all of our friends mm-hmm. that are also in the music industry that we don't get to see a lot of the time. And so it's just, like, it's just a great, a year, you know, it's the once a yearly catch-up. Family reunion. The energy of the town is awesome as yeah. well. Yeah. Everyone's there to enjoy themselves and everyone loves country music. Exactly. And it is so nostalgic for us. And actually this year, that was kind of the focus we went into this festival with, um, which was just, you know, let's make this a great time with all our friends. And it's basically like a family holiday every year for mm-hmm. us. And so we, we're doing these Buckleys and Friends down throw down shows uh which will literally be what we used to do um a few years back um when we did yeah buckley's and friends shows and we just invite a bunch of our friends to come up and jam mm. and have a good time playing music so we're really excited to do that show two of those shows as well as like toyota park and casey barnes support so yeah. that'll be really 
And also at the time we're speaking, you're about to go on tour with Kingswood, which sounds like a very good match of bands. So I'm half wondering slash hoping that that may continue throughout the year, but you probably can't say anything if it does. So <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll see how we go. We are super excited though. We love Kingswood and we met a couple of the guys on Cruising Country um, and uh, I, we just had a great time together. And so we were like, why don't we do some shows together? <laughs> so here we yeah, are. Super excited. So yeah, it'll be great. I mean, their music is so awesome. And for a while we've been wanting to do something together. Um, so it'll be, yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. So you live in the Byron Bay area and I have a question for you about that, which is how do you put up with the traffic? Because yeah. it's like everyone who goes there comes back saying, oh, the traffic's terrible. Yeah, we, we <laughs> live about yeah, we, half um, an hour out of town. Well, we go, the we don't go in the main way to Byron. So yeah. I, I haven't like dealt with the traffic in right. years. Or, like I hardly ever deal with it. Yeah, it's the back way. If you go the back way, which is, you, I see my favourite cows. Yeah. I see... Oh the best you know view because you're up on the hills um that's definitely the way to go because you don't get really you don't really cop the traffic but if you go the main way in oh yeah yeah at all costs yeah I'm not going to ask you the secret back way because then everyone will take it and then the traffic will be there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll tell you afterwards. Yeah. Or somehow sell you on. Now, post-pandemic in that area, is there much of a live music scene? Did, did things take a dent? It did at the start for sure. Mm. We kind of got out of lockdown and it did. I feel like for everywhere it picked up slowly. Um, but now it's it's getting pretty damn healthy again, yeah. which is good. Yeah. But it's, it did took a while take a while for the people to kind of get out to shows. I mean, mm. it was still playing, but mm. I feel like it took a while for. Yeah, um, but we just had like Pacific Avenue come through the northern. Heaps of good bands, yeah. Yeah, he, like just some solid live shows recently. Heaps of good local bands as well. Mm, yeah. Back up and going. Mm. Now, I would imagine logistically for you, it is a pretty good spot. You're close to Brisbane Airport or the Gold Coast Airport and you can get down to Sydney if you need, and, but you can still live in a beautiful part of the world and not have to put up with traffic. Yeah. Yeah, very <laughs> lucky, very lucky. It's good. It's very good to come home to. Um, so for the rest of 2024, you've been releasing singles, been a couple of singles since the EP. This is usually the signpost that perhaps there might be a bigger body of work coming along. Is there? Can we cut <laughs> our fingers? We're definitely working on stuff. So what it ends up eventuating into, we're still working it out. But, yeah, there's definitely a lot of new music that is on yeah. the way. I mean, we I've written really so many songs. We've all written heaps of songs. So we would, like Molly said, just went through a big Dropbox file of all of them. So, yeah, working out. Yeah. We're really excited. For None of us next. have gone through a breakup, so the song is all going to be sad. <laughs> 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 well, look, I, yeah, breakups are a, a good motivation for songwriting, but you know there are uh, there is joy in the world to write about as well. I'm sure. <laughs> Very fun to write. And there is one song, um, Sarah. You mentioned this uh, about this song when I saw you play live in Sydney. The song "Breathe" um, was released amidst various pandemic movements going on, and, and from what you said, you've been contacted by people around the world who really connected with that song. So I imagine that will stay in your set list for a very long time to come, but I'm wondering what you think it is about, or any of you, what you think it is about that song that really did resonate with so many people. Yeah, I know it's interesting because, um, yeah, that one especially has connected. Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's the message of, like, just the chorus 
is so um mm. I don't know it's almost like an action it's like breathe yeah. breathe breathe I don't know it's like it's I don't know it's I just like a reminder know. almost <laughs> so I don't know maybe it's that I don't know exactly maybe I mean the it's... timing of it as well it was kind of released when everyone was yeah such you know everyone was kind of spinning um and so mm. yeah maybe it was the timing as well that had something to do with it yeah, yeah. I don't know there's something about it even when we play it the chord structure is kind of interesting I don't know what exactly but the chord structure Chad came up with and it's mm. um I don't know it's got some interesting like it's yeah. an interesting lift into the chorus I don't know nerdy things like that probably helps <laughs> <laughs> but overall I'm not sure <laughs> also I think it's got a great first line that inversion of take it or leave it into leave it or take it actually is really memorable like it's just this it's like oh and it's and I remember the first time I heard it thinking that's really clever but you sort of think it's it's it was there for the, the doing that inversion of a of a classic phrase but it, it just yeah it's it's very clever so Aww. that's one of the reasons why I love it but as I said that song will probably stay in your set list for a long time to come you are playing live um at the time we're talking you're about to do a run of dates which I will put uh, in the notes for this chat because I will get it out before you get to Tamworth and uh, people can have a look at your website for upcoming dates. I certainly hope you come back to Sydney soon, uh, but our live scene is probably not as strong as, as yours in northern New South Wales. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll see you at uh, Meatstock in Sydney. Oh, Meatstock, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, you there, no vegetarian option. Sorry. Oh, ha, 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 you are. I'll bring a lunch box. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we'll bring you some stuff. <laughs> some um, hopefully a good backstage rider with kebabs for you. Yeah, yeah, we'll add some stuff to our rider for you. <laughs> have you been to a video? Have you seen bull riding before? I have, actually. I um, wrote a book about bull riders um, a few years ago uh, with the PBR. So, um, And I know I think the PBR are at Meatstock. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to read that. Where do I find that? That's so cool. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up now. That's dope. I'll tell you after we uh, finish recording. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'll let you go because you're about to do some rehearsing. It was so great to talk to you, and uh, look forward to seeing you live. And everyone else should look forward to seeing you live because you're fantastic. So, Sarah, you. Molly, Lachlan, the Buckleys, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.